0: I'm Linda van Tilburg for Burs News. Change Starts Now is a political party that was launched in December 2023 by Roger Jardin, a former director general and banker, to be an alternative political option for South Africans who want change in the country. The party's manifesto was launched in Soweto and is called the Change Charter. And what is particularly interesting to the business community is the idea of a Marshall Plan or a wartime strategy to reconstruct South Africa. Africa. And with me in the studio, I'm happy to have Roger Jardine. Roger, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Thank you for having me. Well, I think can we, uh, we, we can sort of go back a little bit on why you're doing this, why you're entering the messy world of politics. But, but I think what our business community is most interested in is this $500 billion regrow plan of South Africa. So can we start with that and tell us what are you intending with that?
1: No, thank you very much, Linda. I think that the key point to land here is that we, we are sitting in a social situation that's untenable. We're seeing globally uh, people are losing hope and faith in democracy. And in fact, earlier this year, 250 dollar billion billionaires and millionaires signed a pledge asking regulators to increase their taxes because they saw it as a way to assuage this um, uh, pressure. On democracy, and we feel that here in South Africa. And we, you know, we cannot have a situation where we regard this problem as a linear problem. Let's first fix the economy, and then we can take care of our people. If we don't do it concurrently, we're going to have a different problem. So we we use the Marshall Plan analogy because if you look at all the measures in South Africa in terms of the number of people dying, it's like we're in a war zone here. Uh, if you look at uh, people who are going to bed hungry or starving. So we need that intervention. And at the same time, our balance sheet of SA Inc. is under stress. So we cannot uh, do these things concurrently. And so this plan seeks to intervene urgently. And what we're saying is we need common cause between the rich and the poor at this moment in our country's history. So we have come up with a temporary levy. It's temporary. People are jaded about paying tax because they wonder where their tax money is going. They cannot see the benefits of it. So we have structured it as a ring-fenced fund, which we'll uh, have overseen by an independent panel of uh, people with respect, a chairperson who is respected and has integrity, and then you can actually see uh, where your money is going. The flip side of this is, as we continue to decline, the chances of increasing and sustainable Tax increases are on the horizon as that gap between our ability to fund social constitutionally guaranteed social protections and our balance sheet. We're just seeing that gap opening all the time. So we think it is a, it is a short-term intervention. Uh, we intend to stick to the three years. We've modeled it very, very precisely with a team of experts and advisors, and we've come up with a $500 round uh, roundabout which we think will be quite of in this environment.
0: I think you've just addressed one of the co- concerns is, because people are always worried when, oh, there's money again, another chance for corruption. So w- w- how, this ring fencing, how would you do that?
1: Yeah, so the, cons- it, the Constitution says uh, uh, taxes received goes to the National Revenue Account unless there's an act of parliament. So we intend to govern this by creating its own act, in terms of how this money is, is spent. And then, as I said, we will get South Africans in a true public-private partnership uh, mode with a chair that South Africans respect. Those projects will be agreed and made pro- uh, public. And if you're a contributor, you will be able to see where this basket of money uh, is going. Everyone is up uh, very mindful of the fact uh, that taxpayers are really upset about the way public resources are being used. And so we wanted to address that up front.
0: But the tax base is shrinking, it's, and, and they are under severe stress. I mean, how, how do you think it will go down if you say, okay, we'll just pay tax for another free year, a bit of extra? Do you think people would accept that?
1: Well, we say in the manifesto that we're going to have a series of conversations with people, and especially people affected by this. But it's, a, it's, it's choices, right? I mean, our economy is shrinking. We're sitting at 1%. Load shedding is carrying on. We know that if we fix load shedding, our GDP growth can be 2.5% instead of the paltry 1% that it is. And the question is, why is that happening? It's because of political goal. And so with this social solidarity fund, remember we're saying we have to make common cause amongst all South Africans. We feel that the, it will unlock the economy. Uh, companies should be making more money. And may, and you know the, with that comes the prospect of reduced taxes. So it's really, it's it's a trade-off in the short term for our long-term sustainability. But at this rate, we'll probably have to borrow more. We'll have more social unrest as the government uh, fails to provide social protection. So our public hospitals are a shambles because of budget cuts, doctors aren't being employed, that sort of thing. And so I don't think you can have one part of society standing on the sidelines while the majority of the society is imploding. And so it's it's really saying, let's look to the future together.
0: Can you, can you break down those taxes for us? So corporation tax goes to, what is it, 32.2%? Can you break this down
1: yeah, for us? Yeah, so, so the corporate tax will go, it will be an increase of 4.2%. Uh, over the last three years, and that goes to 32.2%. Uh, we model it for individuals earning more than 1.8 million rand. Um, they'll go from 45 to 49 in terms of that marginal rate. We have a 1% of retirement funds, and then we a wealth tax of 1.5% for everyone who has assets over $40 rand.
0: So how do you think this will go down with investors? Investors are always worried about you know these extra things that tend to creep in, and, and, and it, normally they're not investor-friendly. Aren't you worried that would put people off more um, from investing into South Africa?
1: Look, I think this is a global debate. Uh, we would say to, obviously, for Change Starts now is investor-friendly. This is about guaranteeing that South Africa becomes a stable country with strong economic growth. We have a series of value traps in our system at the moment. This plan goes hand-in-hand with a very strong role for the private sector. Uh, I'll tell you exactly. So our state-owned enterprises have been an enormous drain on the fiscus here. We're saying that we will make sure that we restructure them. We've estimated through the underlying profitability of a well-run SOE, maybe here we're talking about Transnet and Eskom, we should be able to introduce leverage of about a trillion rand. We're also saying when it comes to the ports, for example, that you know that we have these, we get stuck in these privatization debates in South Africa. Change starts now, unashamedly says. There is a strong role for the private sector here, and we must tap into that. And so, for example, currently ships aren't going through the Suez Canal. We cannot capitalize on that as they pass around the Cape. We'd be better off if we gave ports to private operators to run for an agreed period. We think maybe it's more like 30 years, and then hand it back to the state. But in the meantime, we are mobilizing uh, private capital to create jobs, to unlock our economy to say to our farmers and our manufacturers and other producers, your product will get to the port for export. So this isn't simply a social solidarity fund on its own. It goes hand in hand with a strong role for the private sector to further unlock the economy.
0: Can we look at some of the other policies that a business community would, um, and, and you know, those were your former colleagues, business, you know, the business community, what they would be interested in. You mentioned what about SOEs with privatization, you mentioned corruption. Um, what about black empowerment? What, what is your policy on black empowerment? So we, we
1: think that one of the, in fact, we believe one of the biggest problems we now are currently facing is how uh, procurement has been completely misapplied big uh, contracts to provide water, other bulk infrastructure. Um, you know, there's been this view, if you take three guys and you give them a big contract and they make a lot of money, you can call it inclusion. Uh, and one economist pointed out, we don't actually measure how many people have been excluded when these things do not uh, arrive or they fail to be delivered. And so it's going to be very important uh, because the public have had enough also. There's so many failed water projects in particular, where they've been awarded and people have been paid, but there's been no uh, service provided. So we will have to focus on more on value for money. Governments across the world use public procurement to drive uh, government policy, but here it has failed. We can see there's been no benefit to it. There's currently a preferential procurement bill that's in parliament. We will withdraw that bill. It is just not on the right track. It doesn't deal with um Uh, the value for money. It allows politicians and their families to participate in public procurement. We will have to change that so that the right service providers who know what they're doing get these public monies to deliver the services to the people of this country.
0: So are you saying that black empowerment will continue but in another form?
1: I think we'll have to see. Look, we're 30 years into democracy. There is, a, as I said, governments across the world leverage procurement around strategic objectives i'm saying this current application has failed there are bona fide South African companies who have been around for 50, seventy years with back empowered shareholders who have put risk capital into those companies they don't get these contracts you know under the banner that these are old white companies and we you know, you know said it, I come from that sector so I know that they are bona fide black investors in this country who are invested in blue chip companies who should be eligible to be providing these, uh, these uh, services. So I think it's the lens through which you see how to apply this that's really the issue. But I'm I'm very clear that it has been wrongly applied and the outcome has been negative for the people of this country.
0: Well, you formed this party very shortly before a general election. So there's not a long runway for you to- um, what kind of impact could you make on your own? And are you thinking of possible working with other parties?
1: So, firstly, I think we we wanted to sketch a, a vision for South Africa, which I think through this manifesto, we are presenting a roadmap which is quite different to other parties in that we're going into the detail. We're actually saying in this plan that we think we can increase infrastructure uh, as a percentage of GDP, to 22% and create 5 million jobs. That isn't the thumbs up. We've looked at the NDP. we've modelled this, we think it can happen, it requires the political world, and we've introduced the Social Solidarity Fund. So we part of shaping a trajectory for South Africa, first of all, in terms of vision. When it comes to coalitions, one of the problems we've seen, particularly at local government level, is that it has tended to be about sharing the spoils. You know, you get this position, I get that position. We want to engage in a coalition discussion on the basis of what is the vision, the platform, and the projects that we want to see implemented for South Africa. And so, yes, we're open to talking to other parties as well, and we're putting our best foot forward. We're often told that we are late in the game, but the elections are looming. Um, but we are focusing on getting our message just the South African people.
0: So what makes you different from the other opposition parties? When I open my ballot, well, it seems a three-page ballot paper, or a very long one, and I think, okay, definitely enough, I don't want to vote for the ANC anymore, but how do I choose between these guys? What makes you different? Well, I think it's
1: very clear that South African needs a turnaround plan. We need a strong management team. We need clear ideas. You know, everyone can say we want to fix crime. Our manifesto says exactly what we think it will take. We talk about uh, making sure that the National Prosecuting Authority is both prosecutorially independent and administratively independent. I don't think many South Africans actually realize how that compromises their ability to to perform their task. Uh, we talk about uh, reinstating specialized crime units. Um, we have very specific ideas on The healthcare, for example, we talk about how we want to empower local hospitals so that they can service people a lot better. And so, I think it's incumbent upon us to get into the mind of a citizen so that they can see the differentiator here is that we actually we are focusing on the fix and we are presenting how to fix South Africa, and that's what we need to get across to to our citizens.
0: Well, you've also conducted opinion polls. what, which voters do you think you can lure to your party? Would it be disgruntled ANC people? Would it be um, the people who have gone decide who they're going to vote for or don't think, oh, there's no point in voting?
1: So our, our research is showing that South Africans are ready for change. Change is the most common word used in South Africa. And there are various categories of voters here. You have people who have voted a particular way over many years. They've either just stopped voting maybe some of them have changed their vote. Their voters who register but never bother to vote. And then there's new voters. And so that's the that's basically the three buckets of citizens who need to engage in the voting process. And what we're saying to them is, we're now sitting here 30 years later. There have been voting patterns over the past three decades. Those voting patterns have had consequences for South Africa. And, you know, in thinking about who you're going to vote for, Think about the consequences of your vote. It's a very uh, important moment in South Africa's history to, to change course.
0: So one question, one topic that always comes up when you are discussed or some of the other parties is the funding of, of, of the parties. And um, some people asked me, I should ask you, um, whether you represent an agreed position for the business community or is your initiative purely uh, a private? You know,
1: when it comes to uh, donor funding of parties, I'm very clear. The only thing we can guarantee to anyone who wants to fund our vision is that we will work very hard to foster social stability and an environment in which your business can grow. I've read that there are still strings attached and an agreed agenda. Can you imagine if there was such an agenda, we would be talking about a social solidarity fund today? I mean, this is based purely on the solutions that this country requires based on our views. So though there's no agreed position. We we will engage with any South African and any South African business that pays their taxes, that is legal and that is investing in South Africa's future.
0: And people have mentioned that there's deep pockets behind you. Is that true?
1: Yeah, I also read about that. There's no billion red. I've read about this uh, billion red. We, we now registered as a political party we are legally uh, obliged to disclose our funding, which we will, we will do through the IEC proxies and it will become public. And then we'll see that there's no billionaire. Right?
0: Roger, I just want to ask you a final question. Why would a banker, you know, a nice guy in a suit, <laughs> you know, why would you keep it involved in the messy world of politics?
1: Yeah, I come from uh, a family. Almost three generations of being involved in social and political affairs in South Africa, and um, just over the over many years, agonising about the the direction our country is heading in, and you know, feeling in particular, you know, last year it took me the, the better part of last year to decide that I would step away into a very uncertain world, a world that I don't really know. I'm not a career politician. And to add my voice as a South African to the direction in which I think this country should be going, and that's my motivation. And over and above that, without trivializing the solutions, some of the things we need to do in South Africa, it's not rocket science. It, the ideas are there, we need the political will, and we need the management for that. And so, you know, I've stepped into the this terrain, and I'm ready to work with a, a range of people and I think there are all South Africans who want to work together then there are those who want to divide us. And that's the energy that, uh, that I would like to be a part of.
0: And would you like to be president of the country?
1: You know, we do not have a presidential uh, election system in South Africa. So you can't run for president. What, what anyone can do is to put their ideas out there and to talk to other parties and to talk about the leadership and the type of leadership this country requires, I have certainly stepped into the terrain and I'd like to be part of that conversation. Um, and whether it's in politics or not, I'll be part of that conversation. So what I do know is that South Africa needs leaders who see the people. I've been going around this country talking to people at taxi ranks, flower markets, uh, sasa grant holders, et cetera. You know, the lack of dignity The way people's dignity has been eroded, especially in the past ten years, is just—it really makes me angry. And I think we need to find solutions collectively and individually. So, yes, I'm—I'm focused on how I can help to fuel that discussion on leadership in this country.
0: Roger and Jardine, thank you so much. Thanks for speaking to me. Thank you very much.